Jones and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Five o'clock hour, Burns and Gambo on this Monday as we're talking Suns basketball. They're taking on the Warriors tonight. It's funny. I use this as a lead-in because it's the, we didn't plan this. It's like the perfect lead-in. Gambo's just kind of randomly looking up at one of the monitors in here and we're watching a game between Memphis and Dallas. Just tipped off a little bit ago. And Gambo just kind of says rhetorically, I wonder who Suns fans are rooting for in this game. Memphis yeah, because or Memphis is now four games up on you, and Dallas is four games behind you. <laughs> so, do you want to keep further distance? I don't like Dallas. I, I would say you root for Dallas. Give yourselves a chance to catch Memphis and hope that they, you know, that they, you know, at some point they just fall apart. I, look, I, I would say you root for Dallas to beat Memphis, and that's what leads into the story that is coming down from Adrian Wojnarowski and Tim McMahon of ESPN. Memphis Grizzlies guard Ja Morant has entered a counseling program in Florida. There remains no timetable for his return to active play. So we have now we have no idea when Ja Morant is going to be back because he's in a counseling program for yeah. what we presume is not his surprised by that at all. that's gotten him in trouble, right? Not surprised by that at all. Now, whatever whatever it is that he's going to get help for, he's not coming back to the court anytime soon. So they're going to have to go it, you know, with the guys that they have. Now they've had some big wins. I mean, you know, Desmond Bain's been playing well, and Dylan Brooks has been playing well, and and Jones and Jackson. Like they've done a good job, but they're without Stephen Adams, and you know, obviously they're without you know Jaw for a while and Clark. So they've got some key injuries, um, but they've actually won some games. I'm surprised that you know some of the games that they've been able to win without those they've guys. Beat Golden State at home. Golden State's obviously trash on the road. They have been all year. 131-110. They beat Dallas over the weekend, 112-108. I believe in that game there was also no Kyrie and no Luka. Uh, the, the thing about the Grizzlies is that they have one of the easiest schedules left in the NBA over the last, you know, however many games are left, 15, 16 games. They have one of the easiest, according to those who kind of equate this stuff and figure this stuff out. But not having shot, do they become the team that you can catch if you're the Suns? Are the Suns even interested in trying to catch teams or at the Suns at this point just all about hanging on to what they have at number four, not getting too much higher, but not getting too much lawyer either, right? It's a really fair question. Like, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? Like, it doesn't matter because it's going to be a totally different starting lineup when Kevin Durant's in. The whole way you play, everything changes. Nobody can blitz Devin Booker and trap him all the time when Kevin Durant's on the court. So, what are you playing for right now? I think, you know, you're, you're playing to win basketball games. You're trying to win of all course, these games. But if you course. lose, you know it's not the end of the world because, again, none of this stuff matters as long as Durant comes back and he's healthy. Nobody's Durant comes back. Who cares if they lose all three of these games, if they lose to Sacramento, Golden State, and Milwaukee? Nobody should panic over that. No, we, If they lose tonight and tomorrow, we shouldn't come in here on Wednesday like, oh, my God, the sky's falling. No, it's not. As long as Durant comes back, it doesn't matter. You're not wrong. It just doesn't matter. No, you're not wrong. I mean, nobody wants to see the team lose. Nobody wants to see. It's not even about a momentum thing. It's just we we just don't we don't want to see him lose. But in the end, the only way it matters, and this is just my opinion, the only way it starts to matter is if if there is some losing that comes without Kevin Durant, does it lead to the Suns getting closer and closer to not the fifth seed, not the sixth seed? I'm not even that worried about that. I'm worried about the seventh seed. You know, like they're just as close to the seventh seed right now as they are to the second seed. And so any talk about the Suns moving up, you almost have to counterbalance that. You kind of have to have a conversation about them moving down as long as they don't flirt 
with dropping into the play-in tournament, I'm not that worried about them losing games. They just need to be healthy and whole and ready to go for the end. So I think going into the Sacramento game, you looked at it a little bit differently. I think you looked at it like if you could win that one, maybe you could push and catch them. But after losing to Sacramento, you start to look at the amount of games left. And then you start to look at, can you catch Sacramento? And Memphis, and I think it's going to be hard. Like I think it's going to, it's doable, but I think it'd be really hard. You'd have to play really well and win a bunch of games, and they're going to have to lose some games. A four-game lead with what fifteen to play? Yeah, I, think, I mean, I think fourteen or fifteen, 15 to play. I, I think that's that's very difficult to overcome. You can, but obviously, you take you take you playing very playing very well. But if you lose to Golden State tonight, you lose to Milwaukee tomorrow. I don't think anybody's going to come in here and talk about the three seed or the four, you know, the two seed or the three seed. Yeah. They'll be talking about holding on to the four seed, no, holding on to home court advantage. You're absolutely right. It's a conversation we had a lot on Friday about how the Sacramento game was big because it's, it felt like if you were really going to make a push to catch Sacramento, it kind of had to start on Saturday night and you had to beat Sacramento without Kevin Durant. You had to show Sacramento, we're going to beat you without Kevin Durant. And they weren't able to do it. And I felt like watching that game, the minute they lost it, not like that that dream was gone. You know, there goes that dream. It it, it wasn't that necessarily. It was just, it felt like the path to moving up in the standings started with beating Sacramento on Saturday. And when it didn't happen, given the number of games left, I still think... I still think Memphis is very catchable because I, I know the schedule is easy, but not knowing for them, but I, but not knowing when John Morant's going to come back. I don't know if you're catching Sacramento. They're eight and one. Is it the, the easiest break. schedule or amongst it's, the it's easiest amongst in the, the league? Easiest schedules in the NBA. So that that certainly doesn't help the Suns' cause. But with no John Morant, you're just not sure what you're going to get from Memphis. I still think they're catchable. Just don't fall. Just and that's when you're watching tonight's game against the Warriors. Uh, what I want if they lose, so what? Uh, it's it's not the end of the world. Yeah, as long really as the Durant comes back. As long as Durant comes back, I think James Jones had talked about that. I'm glad you brought that up. That, that if it was the playoffs, he'd be playing. We He did an interview with Dwayne Rankin over at AZ Central, and he said, look, if these are the playoffs, he'd be gimpy, but he'd play. Like, he, he could play right now if he absolutely had to if we were in the playoffs, which makes me think it's it's not as bad as we would think and that they are doing the Phoenix Suns thing where they're just being very overly cautious with them. More than anything, honestly, what I'm looking forward to tonight, if we're just talking about what's on the line tonight against Golden State, I, I, I there's not much on the line in terms of the standings. What I would like to see happen, it'd be great if the Suns could go in there and get a win, only because... They're the Warriors. It's Steph. It's Clay. It's Draymond. They're at home where they have been lights out so far this year. And it's sort of one of those confidence boosting, feel really good about yourself, feel really good about your team kind of moments. If you can go in there and beat the defending champs in a building in which they've been so good all year long, if you can beat them then and there, it doesn't mean anything other than I think Suns fans and the Suns themselves will puff out their chests a little bit more tonight and tomorrow after that game. If they're able to do it. Yeah, I think it's good that they, they said what they said about Durant. Like, if it was the playoffs of today, he could play. He'd be a little gimpy, but he'd be able to suck that up and play. But now you don't have to. Like, the, like that's why that's why you know that the rest of this regular season doesn't mean anything to them. Because if, he, if this was the playoffs and he could play, why wouldn't they just say, we'll give him a week and we're going to get him back? They don't care. They don't care about what's, what these, these games. They only care about how close can we get him to 100% before the playoffs start. And if that takes right up until the they'll do that. Now, obviously, I expect he's going to play in a few games, three, four, sure. five. But 
it's not there's no rush to get him back because these games that they're playing they understand that there's not very much importance to these games right now there's just not the most important thing is get Kevin Durant back healthy you'll take on anybody as a three seed a four seed a five seed a six seed you'll take on anybody because you believe in your ability to win those games with Durant healthy the weather is getting warmer and Arizona sports and Fulton Homes are reminding you two seconds is too long to take your eyes off kids around water so for life-saving safety tips and to enter to win swim lessons from the YMCA, please text SWIM to 620-620. The most college teams the state of Arizona has ever had in the field of 68. ASU, U of A, GCU. We break it all down next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona sports, the local sports leader. The sixth seed, the Horn Frogs of TCU. Highlight of their season, a 23-point road win at Kansas. They are the sixth team out of the Big 12. They'll play the winner of the first four game in Dayton Wednesday. It'll be the Arizona State Sun Devils out of the Pac-12 taking on the Wolfpack of Nevada. I'll say this, that was good drama yesterday. Watching that selection show. Because they were the last bracket that it it was like, uh oh, first bracket not in, second bracket not in, third bracket not in. I was watching it, and then, you know, and then finally they got in. But you were down to the last bracket. So, like, it has to be here. You were were looking at play in games that had already been determined, like NC State gets an 11 seed, and you're kind of whittling down your options to where you're going to fit in. It was was really good. And I was really curious, too, and, and I. Unless I missed it, I don't think they had it. If they were going to have a camera present on Bobby Hurley and ASU, because they were, as Casey Jacobson told us earlier, like the bubble, right? That the, yes. they were the quintessential bubble team. Not a lot of it's. It's hard to get media. Like Bobby likes to do it at his house. I I tweeted out earlier yesterday they're going to have it at Bobby Hurley's house, and I talked to somebody at ASU, and I, and I just said this is not not a lot of room for media in there. Like it's hard to get like a camera crew set up in there. It's just like there's only so much space in his house. So that's where they like to do it. So no, you didn't have all the cameras there. No, it's just, and that just always makes for the kind of adds to the drama, right? Like here's the yes. team when they celebrate, but yep. here's the team when they lose their mind. ASU got in, and and on the one hand, you go, okay, it's another play-in game, and you're not real. Are you in? Or are you kind of in? Or are you sort of in? But then on the other side of the coin, Bobby Hurley becomes the first ASU coach since Ned Wolk to lead the team to three tournament appearances in his tenure in time as ASU coach. Now, you know, Ned Walk didn't have to deal with a 68-team tournament and playing games. He just got in, all the way in. You're in the field of 64. But still, Bobby Hurley accomplished something yeah. that you would presume makes him safe, despite the fact that he might be on the hot seat for the last I, I, couple weeks. Listen, I think he is safe. I mean, I think overall, them getting in was good. Uh, they had a great start, then they had a terrible middle, and they finished with a big win against Arizona and USC. Um, so that got him in. Look, I mean, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody better than Bobby. And there's a lot of jokes going around now that they should hang a, you know, a, a play-in uh, tournament banner every year that they get into the play-in tournament, that they should have real estate or timeshare in Dayton because they always end up in Dayton. They've always got to play there. Look, I, I don't know about any of that. They, they're playing. They have a chance to win a game against a, you know, a, a team that they should be better than, and then they could play TCU, and that's exciting. Like It's exciting. Like, I... You know, I wanted ASU to get in. I was very happy that ASU got in. And I hope that they win some games here. I think it would be great. They've got a puncher's chance. 
um, because they play really tenacious defense. They could full court press. Uh, the problem with ASU, and it's been all year, is that, man, there's times when they can't shoot, they can't shoot. Yeah. Like, it's like not one guy. It's like that that, that team as a whole is not a very good shooting basketball That's team. That's why it's a big game for Des Cambridge. It's a big game for DJ Horn. It's a big game for the guys on that team that offensively, if they can, if they, if, if they can come up with performances like we saw against USC in terms of shooting, I mean, maybe you don't need six three-pointers from Des Cambridge like again got against USC, but if they can shoot the ball decently, everything else about their game should be good enough to advance past Nevada, because that's they're going to play Nevada on Wednesday. Game's going to be here on Arizona Sports. The winner of that game would then play play TCU on Friday. A team that beat Kansas by 20-something oh, yeah, points TCU's. this year. And yet, I, I, I shared this with everybody earlier, and if you didn't, if you didn't catch it, ESPN.com today did the 10 most likely first-round upsets in the NCAA tournament. They had ASU beating TCU as one of the 10. But then you said they gave Nevada a bigger margin they if Nevada wins. Nevada okay. beating TCU as one of the 10. And they actually said there was a better chance of that happening than ASU. But still, there seems to be at least some belief that the winner of this game could cause problems. And that's another thing, Mitch. You might know or you might be able to research it. If memory serves, too, in the history of the play-in game, a team that plays on Tuesday or Wednesday oftentimes will win a game or two when the tournament starts. ASU didn't do it when they beat St. John a couple years ago. They lost to Buffalo in the first round. But I seem to remember every year in the tournament, a team that plays in one of those first four games... I'm almost positive it happened last year. ...does a little bit of damage. Wins a game or two along the way, right? I, I, think, it, I think it's happened a lot. I think last year, I think it happened once or twice last year. If I'm not mistaken, I'm going to just try to look at it real quick and see. But I think that it did. Let's see if I could cl- blow this thing up. Uh, no, I don't know. How. Yeah, well, let, Mitch is looking. Mitch is on it. Mitch is going to, he's going to give us the answer and he's going to tell us. Okay, because it was the five versus the 11s, right? No, six versus 11. Five played 12. Okay. I don't know. I, I'd have to do more research on it. But I think, so last year, your first four in Dayton, your winners were Texas Southern. Uh, well, Indiana, Texas Southern. It was Wright State, and it was Notre Dame. Was it a Notre Dame last year? Did Notre Dame win? They few? beat Alabama in the round of sixty-four. It was Notre Dame. It was Notre Dame. Notre Dame. So Notre Dame got in. Then they beat. Then they beat Bama. So that was it. I knew there was a team last year that did it. Yeah. The most significant one in recent memory, UCLA in twenty twenty-one, was an eleven seed against Michigan State. They went all the way to the Final Four and lost to Gonzaga in overtime. So wait, UCLA the year. Are you kidding me? The year they lost to Gonzaga. In the fi- it was also the first tournament after COVID, so no one was there, and Jalen Suggs hit the game winner in overtime yeah, I remember, against I rem- UCLA. I remember the game. I had forgotten that UCLA was a play-in team that year. So UCLA had to play a first four game that year, and they went all the oh, See, that's what I was thinking of. I, I knew there was some team. There's probably another couple in there. Maybe not all the way to the Final Four. Yeah, last year, Notre Dame a was the first, yeah. four, first four team, and they won. Uh, they got in, and then they had a, they pulled the big upset uh, by beating. VCU yeah. in 2011 went all the way to the Final Four. They lost to Butler. And that was also a play-in 
team. I remember, okay, the, the, the famous Shock Smart team, right, from VCU oh, yeah. all yeah. those years ago. Yeah, good. Okay, that's good stuff. So, okay, so, now I'm, again, I'm not saying ASU is going to do any of this stuff, but as a matter of habit, it does feel like throughout the years, you can't just dismiss the winner of this game and say, ah, oh, they're just happy to be there. They're one of the last teams no, in, a, blah, blah, blah. It's a team blah. that beat Arizona, that beat USC, that beat yeah. Creighton. They, like, they've got some good wins. They're capable. Just have to shoot the ball. They do. Uh, so they got in. We can all breathe a sigh of relief on that one. They'll play Nevada in Dayton on Wednesday. U of A gets in as a number two seed, presumably the last of the number two seeds, because yeah. they're playing the top of the number. They're in the same bracket as the best number one seed. Alabama, the overall number one. I like U of A's the two in that region. Listen, I do. I like their chances to go into the Elite Eight here. I think they ended up with a pretty good draw. They'll get Princeton in that first game. And if they win that, they get the winner of Missouri-Utah State, probably Missouri. And then if they win that, you're talking about Creighton or Baylor most likely, which I think that they can win. So I think that they could get all the way to a matchup against somebody in the Elite Eight. I think that the bracket broke pretty well for Arizona after they won the Pac-12 championship against UCLA on Sunday. Arizona Sports. Breaking news. Got a signing? Jordan Schultz of the Schultz Report is reporting that free agent offensive tackle Kelvin Beecham is re-signing with the Arizona Cardinals on a two-year contract. Really? Uh Uh-huh. Beecham has started 147 games for the Steelers, Jets, and Cardinals. Mitch and I were kind of giving each other the eye like, is this breaking news? Is this breaking news? And I think because of what went down with Kelvin Beecham on our show last yeah, week. Yeah, we were questioned it. We were wondering Holly if... Bra- Hollywood Brown ain't happy right we now. We were wondering if Kelvin Beecham, if the, if, the, if, the, if the light was being left on by the Cardinals for Kelvin Beecham after what Ooh, he said last man. week. Uh, according to Jordan Schultz, Kelvin Beecham is re-signing with the Cardinals on a two-year contract. So, I just texted him right now, but I think he might be in Zambia. Uh, I believe he's... Wasn't he in, in Zambia right now? He left on Saturday. He's digging a well. He's digging a well. well. He's probably sleeping right now. Because what's, what's the time in Zambia? I think it's time the middle in of the night. Zambia. It's two twenty four in the morning. Okay, if he was shoot, I literally just texted him two <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> Kevin Beach was going to be like, "Damn, Gambo, wicking me up." I mean, come on. He Sorry, probably has dude. his phone on Do Not Disturb. I would imagine he probably doesn't let anybody get through like that. Um, Jordan, yeah, Kelvin Beecham. According to it's good, listen, it's a good signing. He's a good, versatile fo- football player, you know. And I think there were so that's a solid signing. Bring him back. You know what you get in him. He's versatile. He could start. He can come off the bench. Um, I don't think they'll be. I mean, obviously, they're not worried about what he said about Kyler Murray. Clearly, they're not. clearly not worried about the what he said about him. Assuming the report is true, clearly they're not worried about it at all. And if you just take the report and set it off to the side for a second, this is a good re-sign for the Cardinals. He, Kelvin Beecham's a solid pro. He's respected in the locker room, maybe not by Hollywood Brown, and who knows what you know bridges he needs to build with Kyler after this one. I don't. But Kelvin has been a good member of the Arizona Cardinals, and he's still young enough that he's not past his prime. He's 33. I, I, I got to imagine this wasn't a break-the-bank kind of deal for the Cardinals. Oh, no. It can't be. So this is a good, solid sign, as long as the comments that he made on our show don't cause any ripples for any reason. And it doesn't seem like it bothers the Cardinals. But you know what? Are. Here's the thing. Like I, don't want, I, I, I like it from the fact that you got, you got to stop pampering Kyler. 
You got a good football player. You know, he wants to be here. Like, and he'll block his, he'll block for you. Like, you're so, oh, we can't, Kyler's not going to be happy if we bring him back because of what he said. Screw that. Stop pampering Kyler Murray. Make Kyler adjust a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, That's a good point. You're a little uncomfortable because he's here tough. Deal with it. Circling back to our, and I, just because I don't want to ignore them, uh, a third team from Arizona getting into the tournament. That's GCU. Playing Zaga. 14 seed, playing the Zags. Yeah, the Lopes are in. That's great. So this is the second time that they've been in, right? Second time GCU has been in. The first time. Arizona's produced three. It's amazing how far that program has come in such a short amount of time. But to get to the back to the NCAA tournament for them is great. Yeah, no doubt. How could a cornerback impact the market value of a wide receiver? How is that even possible? Well, might have happened to the Cardinals over the weekend, and we'll tell you how next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Right back here on the Burns and Gambo show on this really busy Monday. It was one of those days where I think we both just kind of knew there was going to be so much to talk about today, whether it's March Madness, whether it's Corbin Carroll re-signing with the Diamondbacks over the weekend. We might get into that a little bit in the next segment of the show because we haven't touched on it in a while, whether it's the Suns and the Warriors tonight, everything that happened in the NBA, NFL free agency. There's a whole bunch going on. What hasn't happened yet with the start of free agency is a DeAndre Hopkins trade. Now, there was a report over the weekend that the Cardinals were looking for a significant package in return. We've thought that all along, that that the Cardinals were going to want a lot in exchange for DeAndre Hopkins. Then something happened over the weekend. Jalen Ramsey got traded by the Rams to the Dolphins. And in exchange, they got a third-round pick, number 77 overall, I think, and a tight end in return. And some almost immediately wondered, hey, if that's all the Rams could get for Jalen Ramsey, are the Cardinals going to be a little disappointed when they see what they're going to get in exchange for DeAndre Hopkins? I get it, and I understand that logic, and it does make some sense. The only thing I would counter that with... His man is not any good free agents out there. So, like, if you want one, like, that's the price. Like, you know, I mean, look, the Cardinals probably don't want to play him and risk him getting injured and then having to pay that contract because he gets injured. I'm sure they'd rather just move him. They could play the bluff game if they want and say, we're going to hold on to him till the dead deadline. But you do risk the factor if he gets injured, you're on the hook for that. But I just think with the market being so bare of wide receivers, like, there's not a lot of good ones out there. You might be able to hold the line on, I'll take a second round pick. Well, I want to give you a third. Well, I'll take a second. And then just, you know, hold out for that. Like, if they take a third, I might be disappointed because because that seems like a steal to me. Like, for, for a team to get DeAndre Hopkins for a third? Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that. I favorited this tweet the last time we talked about this, knowing I'd probably swing around and we could talk about it again. Field Yates from ESPN.com tweeted out, this was two hours ago, and nothing's really changed since he tweeted this out. He tweeted, the slowest moving market so far in free agency has been at wide receiver as no wide receiver has agreed to terms on a reported deal yet today. The top options remain OBJ, Jacoby Myers, Juju Smith-Schuster, Adam Thielen. It's, ta- it's not good. DJ Clark and Alan Lazard. It's not a good. It's, it's not good. It's not good. It's the, and so if there's one thing that I think really bolsters the, no, wait, the Cardinals can actually do better than the Rams, it's that. It's like, hey, we've got a premier guy. Are you going to have to pay him? You're going to have to rip up his contract and give him a new deal. But we've got one of the premier wide receivers in today's game. And he's older, but he's not old. You want him? He's yours, but it's going to take a premium 
day two pick in order to get Thielen him. being on a market. I like. I still think Thielen can play a little bit. Um, so he is uh, 33, 32, 33 years old. Sounds about right. But he, I, he's a Good, but he's not like DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best players at his position still in the league. Mm-hmm. Okay, what he did, even missing six games, was pretty phenomenal. So, I just think that that's why that price is a second round pick. Now, again, you could get to the point if nobody wants to give you what you want, that you hold on to him. You just take the risk that if he plays and he gets hurt, that you're on the hook for the rest of that contract. Yeah, that that gets tricky. You're, you're probably gonna have to redo the contract if you do keep him. Of course, getting rid of him saves them about eight million dollars in cap space. It also means about. 20 Twenty-two million dollars in dead money, and and again for anybody you, like you listening to us for the first time in a while, and you're saying, why are these two guys telling us about getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins? Why are they advocating getting rid of DeAndre? Because they'd Hopkins? like to trade him. Because well, I mean that well that, and also because neither one of us believe that this team is a DeAndre Hopkins away from being great this year. If we did, nobody would be advocating trading DeAndre Hopkins. It's not because he's not a good player. He's a very good player. He's a good, he's a good player. It's just that I don't think this team, this organization, where where it's at, they're not. They, it's not like DeAndre Hopkins makes them a Super Bowl contender. You know, they're not. They're, they're they've got to restructure the whole roster. Kyler Murray could miss God only knows how many games this upcoming season. This whole 2023 season feels like it's in flux. I just don't think they need DeAndre Hopkins this year. So why not flip him and get an asset for him yes. before you have to redo the contract? Would you take anyway? a third? Um, I'd really hold out for a second. I really think you can get a second. It comes only, down to the deadline. You can't get a second. You can get a third. Do you I'd hold t- on to him and take the third? I'd take the third. I'd take the third. So you just cash it in right there? Yep. I'd, okay. Would you? Because if you keep him, you got to redo the deal. You can't have him taking a $31 million cap hit next year. That's what his cap number is right now. I mean, I guess I understand that. I guess you, 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 you play it out for a second as long as you can, and if you realize you're not going to get it, then you take the best deal you can get. Yeah. Man, I really thought he'd be worth, and I still think they'll get a second from. But if some of these, you know, reports are right, maybe they won't. And I well, think they just parent really just compared it to okay, if Ramsey only went for a third, I wonder too if a team like Od- Odell Beckham Jr. had that big workout here last week, right? And there were like a dozen teams there, right? Weren't there like twelve teams at OBJ's workout? They can't all get OBJ. Only one of them is going to get OBJ. Is it possible the market on Hop? Is kind of frozen until OBJ picks a team, and then the teams that didn't get OBJ have to scramble and give up something to get D Hop. I mean, th- I, yeah. think, I think that's possible. Like there might be yeah. teams. Thinking, Let me see if I can get this guy, mm-hmm. and then if I can't, mm-hmm. but don't you like? Could it also be the reverse that nobody's signing any of these free agents because they want to see if they can get D Hop first? That could be. True. Why would you shoot for those? Sure. Why would you shoot lower? The opposite. I could mean, we're sitting here saying, why is none of the wide receivers guard? Because maybe there's three or four teams that are trying to get DeAndre Hopkins, and if they can't get them, then they'll rebound to these other players. Potentially, yeah, it's possible. Both things are possible. I, I, I expected something was going to happen by now. I'm mildly surprised nothing has yet with D Hop. We'll see. Maybe the market hasn't developed the way the Cardinals wanted to. Maybe the Rams. Ramsey deal is proof positive of that, but I, I tend to agree with you. I, I think the wide receiver market in general is just not that great, and because it's not great, the market should be there for the Cardinals to get what they want. Now, speaking of markets, I'm going to kind of weave this into the conversation, okay. too. Uh, on Friday, the last time you and I were together, uh, it was obviously the big trade. The Chicago Bears trading out of number one, Carolina moving up from number one, number nine, sitting in the, in the catbird seat now in the draft. The Cardinals are now in a position of 
extreme power when it comes to this draft. And as such, not one, not two, three mock drafts that between the two of us we saw over the weekend. And all of them had the Cardinals moving out of three and still getting Will Anderson in all of them. How crazy is that? And two of the three, they just moved down one spot with the Colts. One for Richardson. Was it two for Richardson, one for Levis? It was one. One was one was for one Levis. Was for Levis, CBS was Sports for was Levis. Yeah, CBS Sports said the Colts move up for Levis. The thirty third team said the Colts move up for Richardson, and then the Athletic had a wacky one in which the Seahawks move up from five to three, take Richardson. The Cardinals move down to five and yeah. still get Will Anderson because quarterbacks go one, two, three, four. You know my philosophy on this, right? So this, you know, oh, that, there's no way the Cardinals in Seattle would trade. You make the best deal you can make. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> That's, I'm do. a believer in that. You do. Don't take a lesser deal because you don't want to deal with a team in your division. And I don't. I don't think I mentioned this, but here's what the Athletic is projecting: Seattle would have to give up to move. Okay, from, it's a lot, right? It's a lot. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's the fifth pick in the draft. It's the 52nd pick in the draft. It's the 123rd pick in the draft, and it's a third rounder next year. So you'd be getting a second, a first, a second, fourth, a fourth, and a third third to drop down two spots. Yeah. I would deal with the team in my division for that. (laughs) I would deal with them. Would you you deal with them? Yeah. For that? Sure. I I mean, like... If that's the best deal you can make, I just hate going back to, you know, we had a better deal from Seattle, but we didn't want to deal with them because they were in a division. Why? Why wouldn't you, like, don't worry about it. you got to worry about yourself, not worry about somebody else. What's going to make you a better football team? The picks you get from Seattle, if it's better than the picks you can get from somebody else, then take that deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be, it'd be projected second, fourth, a third next year, and the fifth pick in this year's draft. Now, if you're the Cardinals, you only do that for two reasons. One, you're not worried that Anthony Richardson is going to be the next Russell Wilson in Seattle for the next 15 years. And number two, you have to be damn sure that quarterbacks go one, two, three, four, and that Will Anderson is sitting there at five. Now, I don't know, Gambo. I I know you don't think quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three, four. I do not. I wouldn't be overly shocked if they did. I really. You wouldn't bet a lunch on it, though. On quarterbacks going one, two, three, four? Yeah. Or are you trying to are you trying to goad me into a bet? No, I'm just saying you wouldn't. You probably wouldn't go one, two, three, four quarterbacks. I don't think quarterbacks will go one, two, three, four. That's what someone who wanted to goat someone into a bet would say. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Mitch. But you know what? I'm not gonna be goaded. Okay. I'm not gonna be goaded. Because you know what? I think the Cardinals will just move down to four and call it a day. I think the Cardinals move down to four and it'll be quarterbacks one, two, and three, and the Cardinals will take Will Anderson at four. I'm almost sure. Um, I would bet a car payment that that's what happens. One, two, three, Cardinals move down to four. Yes. Okay. I could see that. Uh, that's I, that's I, why I don't think a quarterback's going to go one, two, three, four. Yeah. Okay. Well, the quarterbacks will go one, two, three, four. That's good stuff. The madness tips off on Thursday for ASU. It tips off on Wednesday. And with it comes your chance to win over $3,000 worth of prizes in the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks. It's presented by San San Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Text BUCKS to 62620. Fill out your bracket. Compete the madness. Again, Text the word Bucks to 620-620. When we come back, losing KD certainly is tough, but if the circumstances were different, how would the Suns handle it? We'll tell you next. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports. Breaking news. Well, it happened. I was totally expecting this. Yes, you were. 
Say goodbye to one of your prominent Cardinal free agents. All right. Jay Glazer was the first to report it, and then Schefter followed it up with the details. Zach Allen is headed to the Denver Broncos. Oh, okay. I can't wait to hear the details. Jay Glazer, the first to report. You ready for some numbers? Um, give yeah, some give numbers. it to me. Give it to me. According to Schefter, it's a three-year deal worth $45 million, nearly $46 million, that includes $32.5 million guaranteed at signing. Back with Vance Joseph. Indeed. So three-year deal, $45 million. So on average, he's making $15 million per year. Uh, gets $32 million guaranteed right out of the chute. So Zach Allen got paid. He's gone. And even though he wasn't a draft pick of the current general manager, it, it's, so that makes it a little different. It always stings a little bit when you've got a free agent in your system that you drafted, that you raised, that you cultivated, that you coached, and you decide not to keep him. And he ends up going somewhere else. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah, this sucks. It this sucks. sucks. You draft a guy, you develop him, he's a good player, he's young, he's a, you know, he's he has a bit, a bit of a breakout season, and he's in his prime, I mean, literally in his prime, 25 years old. Yeah. And you lose him. You lose, like, this is, this is, Terrible. Like, this is not a good day to be a Cardinal fan. I, I it's had, not a good day. I had a feeling. I knew he was going there. Yeah, I, I know. You, you knew you, he was going been, there. You've been talking about the Broncos for like a week now. Yes, Vance loved him. He loved Zach Allen. I had a feeling that the closer we got to the start of free agency with no deal done to keep him, that Zach Allen was just going to say, you know what? I might as well become a free agent. I might as well get to the end and see how much somebody's willing to offer me and how much they're willing to pay me. And he got paid. Yep. He got absolutely paid. Now, for the Cardinals... Why not prioritize bringing him back? Was it too cost prohibitive? Did they not feel like they were close enough to contention to justify spending that kind of money on Zach Allen? I don't know. Did he want to play here? I mean, it may come down. Maybe he wanted to go with Vance. Maybe he wanted to go there. I mean, his team's in a complete rebuilding mode. He goes to Denver. You know, he's got, you know, he may, and Denver wasn't good last year, but there might be feeling that like you go play for Sean Payton and Vance Joseph and just an opportunity. I'd love to hear it because I'm sure the Cardinals wanted to keep him. I can't sure. imagine the Cardinals like, we're going to let him go. Okay, but I'm sure they wanted to keep him. I'm sure they did. You take the sting of this away for a second. Let me phrase this conversation another way here. All right. If I had said to you, the Cardinals went outside the organization today and signed a player to a three-year deal worth $46 million with 32 and a half guaranteed. Would that be prudent for the Arizona Cardinals to do that right now? To go outside the organization and, and sign a player from another team to the exact terms. How old is that player? That player is... I think there's a difference here. I okay. think there's a difference in the age of the player. Okay, so let's let's say the players... Let's say the player Zach Allen's uh, age. Then I would do it. You would have done it. Yeah, because I'm not planning it to be bad for three years. Okay. I think I'll be bad for a year, a fair, and I think a, I'll make... a fair uh, comeback. You but, if it's, but if it's DeAndre Hopkins' age, no. Like if it's 30 okay. on the other side of 30, no. If it's closer to 25, yes. I like that comeback. That's a good, that's a good answer to that question because it, the age does matter here. Because, look, the Cardinals, I don't think they're going to be very good this year. I don't think you think they're going to be this good. But we also know in the NFL these things don't last very long, right? And the Cardinals, if they take a step back this year, could I see them a year from now? Getting geared up to have a real bounce back season, yeah, yeah. absolutely, because mm-hmm. their cap will be in order. So, so any player that they were to sign now, yeah, it might not be worth it in the first year, but in the second year, it might very much be worth it to have Zach Allen around or Byron Murphy around. And maybe, maybe this means 
And I'm trying to be hopeful here. Maybe this means the Arizona Cardinals have chosen Byron Murphy. Maybe they looked at it and said, we can't keep both. So we keep one. We can't afford to keep both. Let's keep one. Let's keep Byron Murphy. Now, Byron Murphy, we might have the breaking news sounder here in another 10 minutes, and he's gone somewhere else. I don't know. But maybe this reflects a choice by the Cardinals. That's our poll question of the day. Who would you choose to keep, Zach Allen or Byron Murphy? Maybe the Cardinals are choosing Byron Murphy. Who is on your defensive line? Oh, boy. That's like a serious question. Who's on your defensive line? Lucky Fotu. Rashard Lawrence. J.J. Watt gone. Marcus Golden gone. Zach Allen gone. The year before Chandler gone. Yep. Like, think about where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. I, I mean, the, the Cardinals have nothing. <laughs> they have nothing. <laughs> uh, they have... Yeah, I, I'm looking at their depth chart right now on rlads.com. They, they kind of update it, and they include free agents and things like that. Right now, they're starting off. Their starting defensive line is Lucky Fotu, Richard Lawrence, and Jonathan Ledbetter. <laughs> I just rubbed my I mouth. Believe, I believe that's it. I believe that's their... And what's your backups? Uh... They don't have any. They don't have nobody. Uh, at least they've just lost Marcus Golden, J. And they didn't want Marcus Golden, but they lost Marcus Golden. JJ Watt retired, and now you've just had you know your best young guy. And I, and again, like this is not this is not the way you want to do business. This is a failure. Okay, this is a failure. You draft Zach Allen. He gets to the point where he finally breaks out and does really well. Pressures, quarterback pressures, you get some sacks, like young, and you lose him. You mm-hmm. lose him. Mm-hmm. You don't keep him. Like, that's that's a failure. Like, there's no other ifs, ends, or buts about it. That's a failure. You had this really good young player, and he just decided he doesn't want you. He wanted to go somewhere else. That is a failure. There's, there's no... You can't like it. I can't sugarcoat it. I can't. I can't candy wrap it and say, "Oh no, really? It's okay." I, I I can't. I mean, it. Other than to suggest, maybe the Cardinals chose one and they chose Byron Murphy. Maybe they knew they couldn't afford to keep both and they chose Byron Murphy. Okay, but that's like good organizations don't lose either, and you know that good yeah. organizations don't lose players at twenty five years old. You you find a way to hold on to those guys. You do other stuff. You get rid of other players. Yeah. To make sure that you could keep those guys. Fifteen million is a lot, though. For Zach Allen, fifteen million dollars a okay, year. How many? 20, how many on. good twenty-five-year-old players have they lost in the last three years? Christian Kirk, Zach Allen. Oh, yeah. If you lose Murphy, you can't keep losing good twenty-five-year-old players. Hassan Reddick. Mm-hmm. Like you got to stop the, losing guys that are twenty-five years old and those, good in this those league. Those are the big three. And if we're going by their track record, we might have in the moment said, "Oh, Hassan Reddick, I can't believe he got that much money. You'd, you'd love to have him back." Christian Kirk. If you had Christian Kirk back on this roster right now, your wide receiver position wouldn't be so unsettled. Nope. It's so unsettled right now. It's one of those where, on the surface, you could say, "Oh, fifteen million dollars a year—that's awfully rich for Zach Allen." Something tells me this is going to be a player that we watch and we regret, like we have with now Hassan Reddick when he left. He didn't get paid squat by Carolina. He got what eight million dollars in one year. He had twelve and a half sacks. I know, but, but I mean that's like that first year yeah, when it was he a prove left. It deal. It was a prove it was, a deal. It was a total prove it deal. Sure. He didn't get paid fifteen million dollars. He got paid half. But he was that. also like twenty five or twenty six years old. He was young and he was in his prime and like like this like this is what this is the this has to stop. Like this has to stop. Yeah. You got to do a better job of of keeping your young talent locked up if they're good. And then something else we talked about too with this is is Monty Austin for 
if Steve Kime were still the general manager of this team, there's no doubt in my mind that Zach Allen is still here. No doubt in my mind. Why do you say that? Because Steve had more of an investment to keep him because Steve drafted him. That's Steve's guy. Yeah. You know, now he didn't do that with Hassan. He didn't do that with Christian. But I feel like those failures would have compelled him to make damn sure he kept Zach They Allen. got blown away on the market with uh, Christian Kirk. They had no idea that was coming. That, Everybody got blindsided I, by that contract I, that he got. I get that. I'm just saying Steve was more invested in making sure he kept his guys because it reflected well on him. I drafted this guy. I need to keep, and he didn't do it with Hassan. He didn't do it with Christian Kirk. I think he would have been extra compelled to do it with Zach Allen. Monty? Monty's got no ties to Zach Allen. I didn't draft him. Not my guy. Not my player. He's just another free agent to me, and I don't want to pay him $15 million a year. You know, oh, right? Because if he's Steve's guy, I get it. But who's playing? Who's on your defensive line? Yeah, right now, like you've got to have a plan here. Yeah, I know. What is their plan? There, I I gotta think. Unlike day two and three of free agency, when these big numbers come down a little bit, then the Cardinals are going to have to strike on some lesser deals with some lesser players. They have to look at their roster, look at their offensive line. I know they got Kelvin Beachum back. That they're got holes all over the place on this team. They need to go out and address some things on the defensive and offensive line. They're empty to, right now. To your point, does that make a trade in the draft more likely to try and get more inventory to get some of these players? Potentially. Possibly. I mean, Probably. You, just, you need so much help on the offensive and defense. And if you lose a cornerback, yep. you might have to make a trade yeah. further down than you would want just to, to put you just out to, of a position to get Will Anderson just to bring some bodies in. Maybe. Yeah. You get a couple of seconds. You still get a first. You get a future first. I mean, that might, yeah, this, that might force you to, it, it might, it might force you to make a trade because you're losing so many good players. Yeah. Uh, Zach Allen to the Broncos. Let's see what happens with Byron Murphy. Yeah. All eyes turn to that now. Uh, three years, $46 million, $32.5 million guaranteed for Zach Allen. That deal has come down. That deal has happened. And now we do wait to see what happens with Byron Murphy. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show and yes we are coming back on the Burns and Gambo show because we got bonus Burns and Gambo Kevin Durant the timeline for his return we'll share that with you and kind of recap what happened first day NFL free agency that's next on the Burns and Gambo show Burns and Gambo afternoons on Arizona sports the local sports leader Bonus Burns and Gambo. We've got the Suns and the Warriors coming up at 7 o'clock tonight. Pre-game coverage at 6.30. That's why we're with you until the bottom of the hour when the crew will take over there from San Francisco. Suns on the road taking on the Warriors tonight. Then at home tomorrow at uh, Footprint Center taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. Now you and I will be down there at the arena tomorrow doing our show live from there. So if you get a chance, come by and say hi to us. Uh, circling back to what has now become the top story of the day, we were anticipating something like this happening today and it did happen. Defensive end Zach Allen has reached an agreement three years, nearly 46 million, 32 and a half guaranteed to go to the Denver Broncos. Yeah, he was considered one of the top 10 free agents in a lot of you. Yeah, I mean, Sports Illustrated has him as one of the top 10 uh, Bleacher Report had him as one of the top 10 free agents. He was listed at number 8 and listen, and they even bring it up, I mean, he had a career high 25 quarterback pressures 
He's really good against the run, never out of position, strong tackler, good instincts, takes great angles. Like, there's a lot to like about his game. The five and a half sacks, and me and you talk about this all the time. I mean, sacks are one way to gauge things, but you also have to look at the, the pressures, the quarterback hits, the things like that. He was very good at it, plus good against the run. The Cardinals just lost a really good football player that they had drafted and developed, and he's in his prime at 25 years old. Yeah, not, it, not, not good. It sucks. I mean, it, it, and it, and it sucks because, okay, let's just call it like it is, like we've been calling it this whole time. Last year was awful for the Cardinals. From January 1st to December 31st, the year 2022, very, very little went right for the Cardinals. Hardly anything went right for the Cardinals. You know what did go right for them? This Him. guy. Him. This guy. Mm-hmm. went right for them, was one of the very few actual legit bright spots to the team. To have him not even come back, that's what stings, right? Because we can sit here and say, oh, $15 million, that's that's a little too much. It's okay. Let him go. Let him walk. I didn't want to pay that much for him. When you have the one good thing to come out of an otherwise lousy year, Leave you the next year, right? That, it's it's like a, it's like a kick to the gut. It hurts. Yeah, I'm looking at a list, you know, right now. Next generation stats: defensive tackle run stuff rate leaders minimum 200 run defense snaps. Aaron Donald was first. Zach Allen was second. Yeah. And run stuff rate, the percentage of run defense snaps where a player makes a tackle resulting in a loss or no game. Only only Aaron Donald was better than Zach Allen in the NFL. That's it. That's the only guy that was better. Like, you just lost a really good football player. You lost a really good football player in his prime. Once fans went to Denver, like, it made sense. We've been talking about this. I brought it up a bunch of times. I expect he's going to go to the Broncos because I know Vance loved Zach Allen. He always spoke so highly of him, so it does make a lot of sense. Now, if they lose Byron Murphy, too, ooh, but I'm, I'm very concerned right now about the offensive and defensive sides of the ball on the Lions because they don't have very much. They don't have anybody. I, I mean, maybe Beecham could play both ways. The other, the other move today, you mentioned it, is Kelvin Beecham. That was reported by Jordan Schultz that he re-signed with the Cardinals on a two-year deal, uh, which, you know, again, we're, I don't want to say we're surprised by it because we're not because it makes a lot of sense. Last week seemed to ruffle some feathers. Apparently not with the organization. Good, though. good. Stop pampering. You don't have to, you know, pamper Kyler. I mean, if he doesn't like what Beecham said, he could talk to him on his own. And if you remember, we had Kelvin Beecham in studio. I'm talking to our audience here. Kelvin Beecham, when he was in studio with us, said, you know, what would you tell Kyler to get better and grow up, be a man, grow up? And he said he meant no malice by it. He just, you know, his leadership skills still need further refining. Hollywood Brown kind of clapped back at him on Twitter and left you and I wondering if Kelvin Beecham had, you know, damaged his relationship with the Cardinals and Kyler, that maybe there wouldn't be an option for him to come back. If George Jordan's report is to be believed. Clearly, that's not the case. It looks like he's back with the Cardinals on a two-year Yeah, game. yeah. He's in Zambia now. I did hear from him. It was like 2.30 in the morning. And uh, he told me, yes, he's in Zambia. And yes, that he had agreed to the deal. He said um, the, the details will be out when I get back. So no details on the contract yet. He think he's keeping that close to the vest until he comes back. But he's in Zambia right now, building some wells, doing some good work. But the Cardinals get him back. And again, I think it's good. He's a good football player. He's very 
versatile. He could play different positions. He could start. He could back up. So important to have guys like that. But man, that defensive line, you went over the starters just a short time ago after losing J.J. Watt, after losing Marcus Golden, and now Zach Allen. That, that cupboard's bare. Yeah, I'm looking, bare. I'm looking at the R Lads depth chart, and they've got free agents highlighted in orange. <laughs> right now, your starting defensive line is Jonathan Ledbetter, Lecky Fotu, and Rashard Lawrence. And they don't even really have backups on the defensive line. Eric Banks, Manny Jones. I mean, I don't know who those guys are, right? It's, it's, it's and obviously, they're going to work to fill that. Obviously, they're going to work to the offensive line. Clearly, they're going to look for deals in free agency, right? To kind of patch up those spots and hoping that they can find, right? Some free agent bargains out there to a certain extent. You're going to have to because Hargrave, he's gone. Payne resigned. Um, Zach Allen gone. David Onyemata, I think he went to the Giants. See, look, some of the top guys, and their names are off the off the board already. Yeah, it's it. And you see, JJ Watt now he tweeted about it too. He um, what do you say? Love this for my guy. Works his ass off, studies his ass off, cares immensely. Can't wait to see what this next chapter holds. Well deserved. And here's the thing: you said this earlier, and and we I, I don't know. This is just pure speculation. Maybe he didn't want to come back. It's possible. Maybe he didn't want the situation, I mean, new this coach. Is a, this is a two-way street here, right? The Cardinals yes. can want him back all they want. Maybe unless, they were willing. And unless they franchise tag him, Zach Allen had the right to go do what he did. and maybe Go play for Sean Payton, Vance Joseph, Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson. Uh, maybe thought the situation there that this is a complete rebuild and it's going to be tough. Maybe looked at the defensive lineman here and said, I got nobody, I got no help right here. Uh, and decided he wanted just a fresh start somewhere. It's very possible that that's what happened. Happened. Yeah, it is very possible. That's what happened. First day of free agency, and we haven't brought this up maybe but once so far, and we're four hours and ten minutes into the show. Nothing happened with Aaron Rodgers today. Nowhere. I think he said a solution's coming soon. He did, but I think a lot of people thought it was going to be the first domino to fall this morning at 9 a.m. when this crazy thing started. Like, he was going to go to the Jets, because the Jets, man, if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, their plan B... He's now the starting quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. His name is Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I don't know what the Jets do now at quarterback if they don't get Aaron Rodgers. Mike White, he's in Miami. He's gone. Right? Brissett. Um, I mean, you can't go from Aaron Rodgers to Jacoby Brissett and expect your fan base is going to be very happy about that. Baker Mayfield. Perhaps. Well, there's a lot of rumors that he's going to Tampa. Tampa. Yes, that's those are the rumors. Hasn't been confirmed, but those are the rumors. That yeah, he's going to tap. Interesting. Yeah, no, I think it might be Aaron Rodgers a bust at this point. It seems like I, it. And, and I, unless they go bring back Kenny O'Brien, Richard Todd. How old Richard Todd these Kenny days? Kenny O'Brien walking through that door. Kenny yeah. O'Brien. I, I don't think <laughs> part of that great draft class with Marino and Kelly and Elway. I just don't think they he can was go in back. that draft class. I don't think they can go back to what they had now at this point. I, I think they're they're. You can't tease Aaron Rodgers. And if they don't get him, they don't get him. But I, I, a lot of people expected resolution on that today. The big spenders today in free agency were the Bears. Yes. They went crazy. The Broncos went crazy. And two free agent offensive linemen, now Zach Allen, spending a bunch of money. Um, yeah, the Broncos are really spending a lot of money. Yeah, they are. 
Like a, a lot of money. Um, the the Bears, as I mentioned, they, they went got, out and got, got Tremaine Edmonds. Edmonds, and they went out and got T.J. Edwards. They oh, went out and got, the got Nate, Nate Davis. Yes, like Nate Davis. D.J. Moore, the DJ trade Moore. they made on, on Friday with the number one pick. Yeah, they've been very, very busy in Chicago, very busy in Denver. 49ers. Uh, Sam Darnold on a one-year deal, but the real big one they did is Javon Hargrave. Four years, $84 million, $40 million guaranteed. He was arguably one of the best, if not the best, free agent on the market who at least a, wasn't a quarterback. Had 11 sacks. He was part of that group, the, the four guys on that defensive line, and had 10 sacks or more. He was you know, maybe the best player in his position that was available. They went out and got him. I mean, that's what the 49ers do, right? Just keep building that defense. Keep bringing in great players so you have a great defense. That's, that's them. Patrick Peterson goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, Sutton went to Detroit on a three-year deal. Once they lost Sutton, they needed a stopgap guy, you know, until they could, you know, get a young guy to replace Sutton. So they got Pat Pete in the meantime, 33 years old, had five picks last year. Good season for him in Minnesota. Um, so they just get Pat Pete to kind of fill the void for now. Uh, according to reports, it's a two-year deal. $14 million, $6 million guaranteed for Pat Pete. I would imagine it's more structured like a one-year deal, okay. I would think. It's more $6 structured million like guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the Cardinals, they keep Beecham, they lose Zach Allen. Yep.